I want you to just take a moment and just breathe. And there's an ancient prayer from the church that says, just come Holy Spirit. And before we get into God's word, why don't you just with me say, come Holy Spirit. Speak to my heart, speak to my life, and speak peace and clarity into your situation. And we pray that prayer in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Our theme for the year is from the book of Joel, where God says, I will restore you and I will pour out my spirit on you. And the series we're about to start, which is entitled, I Will Remember. The first message is God has not forgotten you. He remembers you. And that is actually the foundation. His promises to you, his covenant commit to you commitment to you is the foundation of him doing a work of restoration in your life and pouring out his spirit into your circumstance. When Jesus was born, there was this declaration made and it's recorded in the book of Luke by Zechariah the priest. It says he has shown the mercy, he that is God has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant which he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. And then notice this, because of God remembering his sacred covenant, it says we have been rescued from our enemies so we can serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness as long as we shall live. You see, the fact that God remembers us, He doesn't forget us, is such a powerful thing for Him to do all sorts of work in our lives, to rescue us, to restore us, to bring us into a place of freedom so we can serve God, and then we can live in that promise all the days of our lives. You see, all of us has felt forsaken at some other time. It's an emotion that sometimes just wells up, sometimes is overwhelming in certain circumstances for some people. And it's not an unusual one. David, a man after God's own heart, the great psalmist, the king of Israel, said, Oh Lord, why do you stand so far away? Why do you hide when I'm in trouble? And it's this feeling, God, where are you? I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what to do. Later, The psalmist acknowledges that it even feels like prayers are just hitting the ceiling and bouncing down. He acknowledges the faithful love of God. Listen to these words, Psalm 42, verse 8 to 9. Each day the Lord pours out his unfailing love upon me. And throughout each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives me life. Oh God, my rock, I cry. Why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief? And you can see the struggle going on in his heart. On one moment, he's declaring, God, your faithful love. I sing your songs every night. I declare them over my life. But in the next breath, God, where are you? I don't know what's going on. I feel so lost in my pain, in my grief. The Apostle Paul faced extraordinary persecution when he was traveling through Asia Minor to the point where he felt he was going to lose his life. Listen to it. He he actually gives us an insight to the emotional state that he was in. He says, we are crushed 
or we were crushed, sorry, and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we'd never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on God who raises the dead. And I love that turnaround. He said we were in such a desperate state. We thought we were going to die. And then we suddenly realized we trust in ourselves, our capacity, our ability to deal with the circumstance rather than putting our trust in God. Even Jesus, when he hung on the cross and we're coming into this Easter season where we remember the death and then the powerful resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But even on the cross, in pain and in agony, Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So to have that emotion, to have that feeling is not a sinful thing. It's just a human thing to feel like you've been forgotten. But God remembers, and I've entitled this message, You Are Not Forgotten. I am not forgotten. You see, God can't forget anything, which kind of is strange when the Bible says He remembered the covenant or He remembered a person. He doesn't actually ever forget us because He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the creator of the universe. And He doesn't suffer from memory lapses. The only time he forgets something is when he intentionally forgets your sin as an act of forgiving you. It's a choice. But for God to remember what the writer is actually saying, God is now paying specific attention to you. He's about to fulfill a promise. You see, he hasn't forgotten you, but he's now being proactive. He's about to do something for you. Remembering a covenant commitment, remembering a promise that is about to break loose in your life. It, the act or the declaration of God, remember, is always followed by some kind of action, activity in our lives. And God never forgets his people. He hasn't forgotten you. And he doesn't forget his promises to you. It's the very foundation by which he saves us and restores us. I love what the writer of Hebrews says, Hebrews 13 verse 5. And uh, you should read it someday in the Amplified Bible, but it would take too long if I read it this morning. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can mere people or circumstances do to me? I love that because God says something to us, we can say something with confidence. God has said, I'll never abandon you. I'll never forsake you. So because of that, I can say with confidence, you can say with confidence, I can deal with these circumstances. Not in my own strength, not in my own ability, but in the power and the might that Jesus brings to my life through his resurrection and the power of his spirit poured out on us. I want to just highlight one or two instances going through the Bible when God, it says God remembered a person and then look at what he did. In Genesis chapter 8, it's post the flood and the absolute chaos and devastation that the flood brought to and only Noah is now floating and his family on the chaos. 
And it says, but God remembered. And you'll notice immediately there's an action. It's not like he forgot, oh, gee, where did I put Noah during the flood? He knew where Noah was, but now he's about to do something for Noah. But God remembered. He's about to act on Noah's behalf. And all the beasts of the field and the livestock that were with him in the ark. And so here's the action. God remembered, now God acts. God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. And I love that thought, that that earlier in the account, the impersonal waters of destruction triumphed everywhere, dominating the whole story, the chaos, the flood, the swamping of everything. And God remembers and God acts. And now here comes a new optimistic moment of hope, new personal direction as the wind and the word there is Ruach, the spirit blew upon the face of the water and the water began to subside. And there was going to come new direction, new hope for Noah. And this morning, I pray that you would sense the wind of the Holy Spirit blowing on your life, bringing new direction, new hope, a new impartation into your life. You might be facing a sense of barrenness. And what I mean by that, general unfruitfulness in your life. Well, if in chaos, God sends His Spirit, in barrenness, God gives grace. Again in Genesis, the story of Rachel. Then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. It's it's an amazing thing. This act of God, he remembers, he listens and he acts. And again, I'm stressing he had not forgotten her, but that statement and he remembered is a declaration. I'm about to do something. I have reached out. I'm reaching out. I've heard your cry. I heard your prayer. But there's grace wrapped in this. It doesn't say God heard and then he remembered. He's proactive. And that's what grace is. He remembered, he listened, and he opened her womb and fruitfulness came. One of my favorite passages is 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Really powerful verse for me in every way. Where Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than all. Yet not I, it was the grace of God which was with me. And I just pray right now that you'd sense the breath of the Holy Spirit. You'd sense the outpouring of grace upon your life, producing fruitfulness and a flow and an impartation in that way. So in chaos, the Spirit comes. In barrenness or unfruitfulness, grace is poured out. In frailty, God extends compassion. He's talking through the psalmist here. And he says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. I love this verse. So often we'll feel condemned about our frailty, our humanity, our weakness, our inability or the sense of feeling overwhelmed or the sense of being forsaken. And the enemy uses it to add guilt. God doesn't do that. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He knows, he hasn't forgotten our frame that we are made of dust. And God looks at our frailty, our weakness, our struggle, and he has compassion on us. 
And in the incarnation, Jesus coming, God takes the next step. He becomes one of us and shares in our humanity, shares in pain, shares in struggle. Yes, shares in the joys and the wonder of being human, but he shares in the other side of it. And so the writer of Hebrews says, for we have a high priest, or sorry, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Let God's compassion touch your life as you press into his presence. You won't find rebuke for your frailty, for your weakness. You'll find compassion because he's a father to you and you have a great high priest who can say, Father, I understand what they're going through. I felt tiredness. I felt a sense of abandonment. I felt pain. I know what it's like to be human. And because of that, you don't get condemnation. You get help and grace in your time of need. In labor, I'm not talking about childbirth now, although it may well apply. There's reward. There's people listening to me, and I have experiences. This feeling I'm working so hard and I'm getting nowhere. Nobody recognizes it. Nobody appreciates it. And I'm not talking about having a pity party, but just some moments where you feel like, God, does anybody notice? Do you even notice? And the Bible is so strong and God's speaking to this. Hebrews 6 verse 10, God is not unjust. He will not forget. He will remember how hard you work for him and will show and how you've shown your love for him by carrying, sorry, by caring for other believers as you still do. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. And I really want to speak that over people's lives. As much as I want to speak the breath of the Holy Spirit, grace, compassion, I want to speak that God remembers your labors, the efforts, the things that nobody else sees, the thing that you think, does anybody care that I'm doing this? God sees and he promises reward. You see, along with these people who... When it said, God remembered and acted, they said, God remembered me. I'm not forgotten. I'm about to break into a song, but I won't do that this morning. But I love that song, Not Forgotten. He knows my name. It was recorded by Israel Houghton some years ago. And just a few of the phrases, I'm not forgotten. God knows my name. He knows my name. Light over darkness, strength over weakness, Joy over sadness, he knows my name. Father to the fatherless, friend to the friendless, hope for the helpless, he knows my name. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not forgotten and never forsaken. You see, you might be in that place of feeling forgotten, abandoned. And I want to encourage you to choose the authority of scripture, of God's word that promises that God will never forget you, that he'll never forsake you, that he knows your name, he knows your circumstance, and he cares for you. In the book of Isaiah, there's this conversation 
recorded, as it were, between the nation of Israel, specifically the city of Jerusalem, and God. And the people of Jerusalem say, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. And God's response is immediate. He says, can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should have no compassion on the son of a womb. She says, do you think any normal woman who's had a child will suddenly forget that they've had a child, will not feel compassion, will not feel love, will not do everything in their ability to care for that child? He says, do you think, and he's appealing to one of the most powerful instincts that a human being experiences, the nursing instinct of a mother who's carried a child to birth. And he says, even if they were to forget, yet I will not forget you. And then he makes this prophetic statement. Behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hand. And as we come out to Easter, one of the great things that comes out of it, and as we lean towards Good Friday, the crucifixion of Jesus, literally, he engraved your name my name with the nails that went through his hands. It's prophesied here in Isaiah, behold, I've engraved you on the palms of my hand. How can you say I've forgotten you? And Thomas going through a period after the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus where his whole world is turned upside down. He's in extraordinary distress and he has this outburst because the other disciples say, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. And he says, unless I can put my hand into the wound in his side and put my fingers where the nails were, I will not believe. And I think Jesus, acting on what Isaiah prophesied, suddenly appears. This moment of encounter. There's something so powerful when we encounter Jesus, the resurrected Christ. And he says, Thomas, I heard you, but I engraved you in the nails that went through my hands. Your name is engraved there. You are not forgotten. If you need to put your finger in to prove it's me, do it. And in this incredible encounter, Thomas falls down and says, my Lord and my God, I believe. And I pray for you. Today, if you're struggling, you feel like whether in all of your life or part of your life, that you've been overlooked by God, wondering where He is, you're struggling to sense His presence, that you would hear His voice. He said, how could I ever forget you? And you'd begin to sense the Lord saying, I remember my promise towards you. I remember my covenant and I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to pour out grace. I'm going to have compassion over you and I'm going to reward you in the days that are coming. I'm going to restore stuff to you because I have not forgotten your name. I've not forgotten your circumstance. I've not forgotten the plan and the purpose I have for you. I remember you. See, that all starts when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, actively, proactively, it actually starts way back. Jesus died for you, whether you respond to him or not. But in the acknowledgement of it, I receive the significant, 
power of him dying for my sins and then the power of his resurrection to bring me new life. When you receive that, you become the apple of his eye, the very center of his love and attention.